Hello, Mavs fans. This is Kirk Henderson of Mavs Moneyball. I'm joined by Josh Bowe. We are recording on Wednesday. Is today Wednesday? Yeah, today, today is Wednesday. It is Wednesday. <laughs> they, uh, our, our Dallas Mavericks uh, won a basketball contest, bringing them back to 500. They defeated the Memphis Grizzlies on the road on the second night of a back-to-back, 104-96. to uh, after kind of a day of wondering whether Luca was going to play, he played, and it was it was um, grindy, bizarre at times basketball. And the Mavericks just if they out you know at the top level of talent, they they were better than the Grizzlies. And a win is a win, and I'm very I'm just I, I'm very glad to be talking about a win. Yeah, I mean, if they lost this game, then it's like, you know, I mean, the fire alarm's pulled. Everyone's running around screaming with their with their shirts off or something or throwing their pants in a fire or something. I don't know how to, I don't know how people react when they get super crazy. But uh, yeah, this would have been a really bad loss, even if it is second night of back-to-back. So uh, normally, I mean, when the team's not playing well, I mean, the game that you win, you know, it doesn't always look great, you know, because you're still like, like they're still playing poorly or probably below their expectation, even in this game, but they were able to just kind of fight their way through it. And that's usually how these kind of slump busting games go. Like you just, you know, you, you probably look at yourself and you're like, Oh, here we go again. You know, they got down 12 in the, in the second quarter. And, you know, from there, uh, they kind of controlled the game a little for the most part. Um, I mean, Memphis kind of did whatever they wanted in the first half in terms of getting the rim, and I credit you know the Dallas defense in the second half mm. was significantly better in stopping you know those line drive, you know those line drives to the rim. Uh, you know, Jaron Jackson had a really good game, but in the second half he missed he missed some shots. Uh, I think they contested a little bit better, um, and then you know Luca was Luca, and you know he made five of ten from three, and you know if Luca's making those. If Luke is making fifty percent of his three pointers, the Mavericks rarely, rarely lose. So, yeah, uh, you know there were still some some weird things. That, you know, getting down twelve was not great. You know, they still shot okay from three. You know, Luca did the heavy lifting. You know, a lot of there were some role players that were still kind of MIA. But what you know, they they got the win. That's really, really all that matters. And now you just kind of have to build from it. And they've got two winnable games next and they this is i think we talked about this after i don't know if it was was after the pelicans lost you know we were like this is a get right stretch like they have to take advantage of these three games and yeah want to know so far yeah and you know i'm looking back at sort of of of, at the maverick schedule recently and we had a we had a great time talking about the pelicans win but I, when you shoot 70% from the floor, there is a, like a lot of exuberance, but not a lot to take away from it because you shot 70% from the floor, <laughs> you know, against the Grizzlies, like watching them, you know, inevitably turn around like as a 20 point swing um, and seeing, you know, just a little bit of, of what works for them. You know, Luca talked about, and this is before yesterday yesterday's game against the Nets about how he and then they have to pl- just simply play harder and play with more of a purpose and i i felt that at times i still don't 
again, I think this is really like kind of an extension of like the overarching roster problems we just talk about in in you know all the time. But I still don't understand some of the rotations and some of the pairings and like like there was like like I saw Maxi Kleba like running off a screen and cutting to the basket and just like there's just weird shit that happens within this offense that I don't understand the purpose of like you know spam a Luca KP pick and roll until they stop it. They will not stop it. It is an unstoppable basketball play. Am I? Do you think I'm wrong? No, no. And it's you know that's part of why the game still looks kind of ugly, and that's why they get down twelve. They did have some weird lineups. Like I think there was. Mm-hmm. I mean, wasn't Luca playing with like Josh Green and Moses Brown at the same time? And I know <laughs> Moses Brown played. You know, played. We'll a talk about game. him. Yeah, like I'm not. This isn't like a knock, but it's like just weird lineups, mm-hmm. uh, and like you said, weird possessions um so yeah like there's still things to work out and you know we didn't but i don't (laughs) i don't know we've been we've been yelling about we've been talking about it so much i just don't know what else to say like they just still do some weird things like the third quarter uh the which was like the quarter that got them back into the game uh it was all jumper and which is cool but like it was it was all jumper and it's like kind of what we've been talking about they just right they just all they do is take jumpers. You know, they were two of six from the restricted area, uh, and they were 0 of one from the paint outside of the restricted area, but they were two of three from mid range, four of seven from above the big threes. And that shot profile we've probably seen for a bunch of quarters, and they usually lose because they've been missing all those jumpers. So they kinda kinda got a revert, you know, a reverse from from the Nets loss, which is which is nice. And Luca made threes. But you know, it was still kinda it felt a little creaky at times, but uh yeah i don't know i mean they got you know they they got a good game from luca and they got a decent game from Przingis, and they played a lot of the fourth quarter with Przingis at center and luca on the floor which is something they just need to continue to do and, and work toward and feels like that's going to be the solution and the data with with kp at center and luca on the floor is like outrageously good so I feel like there's a lot of weird things up in the air in terms of like it's pretty obvious organization and the roster doesn't want to play Kristaps at center full time, but you know I'm sure Kristaps wants to. You know I don't know if I don't know how Kristaps feels about it, but like I'm sure there's a lot of push and pull and a tug of war of like, well we can't play Kristaps 35 minutes as center because you know his he's his body won't hold up. And it's like, okay, you know, well, let's do this and let's play him with another five. And then it's like, well, let's play him with Maxi. And it's like, well, Maxi, when he plays a lot of minutes, he doesn't look good. And, uh, you know, Maxi didn't have a good game tonight, uh, but he only played 18 minutes. But, you know, I, I just feel like there's a lot of internal, like, back and forth trying to figure out, like, how to get through this regular season while also trying to make sure that the team is in one piece for the playoffs, you know? Like, I, I – I, I don't know. I don't, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt and why they're not like kind of spamming some of this stuff more. And part of it just feels like they're just, there's a push and pull to the, to kind of what they can do and, and limitations and, and per, with Przingis's health and pal and, and Kleba's health. Like, I, I just feel like that has to be it. I, I don't know. I don't have any sourcing. Like I'm just kind of observing from, from the outside, but I feel like that's kind of why we see some funkiness in some of these games and, and why they don't kind of, do the thing that we see that works more often, you know? Yeah. Well, um, I'm trying to think what else we could even really talk about with this one. Like, it was nice to see Reggie Bullock not have a game. Oh, yeah, Reggie Bullock was 
that, yeah. that's huge. Like, like huge statistically, uh, you know, he hits four or six from three, which is, you know, let me just, let me just look at this game log. Cause it's, uh, Ooh, he has not hit a, but well, he hit two of three against new Orleans in that massive game. But beyond that, he has not hit above 50% of his threes in a single game the entire season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, he had okay. two, two New Orleans games. I think the other New Orleans games he also he also he also was two of three. One of the New Orleans games, but yeah, well, I think it's just two. That was the one. Like it was this yeah. one in Memphis where he was two. Like I'm I'm going through. I'm yeah. Like, oh yeah, you're right. It's both New Orleans games. I, I mean, it doesn't. Okay. I mean, I'm just being third kidding. game of the year that he was above fifty percent from three point range, which, which, I don't know. Um, Some something I'm noticing looking through these his game log like yeah he's shooting you know terribly this season he doesn't get a lot of as many attempts per game as you would think with the minutes that he's playing like i think that's kind of surprising i need to look up and see like is his is he shooting less threes than normal like than normally for his career because i'm looking through his box score and he's had he's had six six and seven attempts in last three games which is nice but i'm looking through a lot of November and I'm seeing a lot of like two, three, one, three, one, like, uh, which seems kind of low for him considering he's playing like 20, almost, you know, 25. Oh, well, I mean, it's game. because he's getting in it. Like, so we've, wa- I don't think we've talked about it. Maybe I've not even written about it, but I took, like, I remember taking notes where I'm just sitting there saying, why is he passing up this shot? You know, it's it's like like and and then of course, oh god, Bob, Bob Sturm. I want. I would just say this about Reggie Bullock. Some guys have a body of work big enough not to be fooled by twenty games. He can shoot the ball from three. He will be fine when the numbers normalize. Look, look, Bob and everyone. Our site wrote about this before everyone else knew. Okay, he he shoots the ball better in certain parts of the year, and I'm hopeful. I, that's why, like me of all people, hasn't kicked the shit out of him. Everybody's wanting to trade him. I mean, before tonight, he was 25 and 97. That's bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think I mean, my eyes are playing tricks on me because he actually has the highest three-point rate of his career right now. Right now. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, I just feel like he's passing yeah. up a lot of open shots. Yeah. I mean, so that's just, you know, I'd have to look into that maybe more. But, I mean, he's obviously not, you know, he's shooting enough threes while he's on the floor. Maybe it's because, maybe it's, you know, we talk about it with the Mavericks missing open shots and we notice, you know, maybe it's one of those things where we notice like it stands out. So we notice it and maybe we place more importance on it than it actually actually Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. Uh, So maybe, I mean, maybe that's it, but, but yeah, he was, I mean, he was kind of the difference. I mean, they won by eight and he has his best game of the season, 15 points. He makes fourth. I mean, he makes 12 point, you know, he scored 12 points off, you know, four made threes. Like, I mean, if he had a game that he had been having the last month or the, or the season, you know, if he has an 0 for 6 or a 1 for 7, I mean, they probably lose. So, I mean, him making shots was the difference because you go down the box score and outside of Luka, uh, everyone else kind of struggled in, in certain aspects. You know, Dorian missed both of his threes. Uh, you know, Chris Ops made 2 of 6 from 3. Kleba was 0 for 1. Tim Hardaway Jr. had another bad scoring game from the field overall Brunson didn't have a, a very good scoring game so like Brunson was actually actively pretty bad yeah um, so so Bullock I mean he he kind of won him this game really uh, offensively at least right 
Right. No, for sure. And it's good. It's good to like benefit from these sorts of things. You just need it every now and again. Um, yeah, I don't really know if there's much more to talk about this game other than I'm glad that they won, right? Is that yeah. crazy? Yeah, good good minutes for Moses Brown in 12 minutes. A hilarious stat line, like 12 minutes, one of four from the field, but seven of eight from the free throw line. So nine points and seven rebounds and two blocks. Um, this was like a really good game for him to play. Like, I thought it was really silly. Like, I mean, honestly, like this is kind of a thing that, that kind of pisses – might have pissed me off about Jason Kidd was like starting him against Cleveland. Like that was just such a disservice to Moses and, and like, uh-huh. team. like that's just, that felt really like pedant, you know, like just real petty, like, Oh, yep. you guys have been wanting Moses. Here you go. And like, I'm going to put him in a situation where he's absolutely a hundred percent going to fail uh, against an amazing Cleveland front line. Uh, and mean like, and that just felt weird. Like what, like, why is that going to be his, his opportunity? Uh, in a game like this, you're on the second night of a back-to-back. Your whole team is your your regulars are gassed and tired. You're on a losing streak. You need some energy. Uh, and Memphis like cannot rebound. Like I don't know what is up with their team, but they are a terrible rebounding team. So that was a fun game to see. Like, so, like yeah. when you play against Stephen Adams. Stephen Adams is a huge human, huge human, and to watch what like Moses Brown just be longer and yeah. taller is. <laughs> It's kind of off-putting. He's just such a big guy. And, like, he missed a couple of oops. Like, he's... Yeah, I know. He's going to do that. But in a game like this... against yet, but yeah. I, I don't hate it. I would... Right. I, I, I Give me effort over, over you know, Willie Cauley-Stein and then even Powell's, just, like, the things that happen to him where he just gets physically abused. Yeah, and do it in a game like you know, do it on a second half of back to back. Like run them out there against a Memphis team that can't really rebound. Like Jaron Jackson Jr., for as good as he is, he's a terrible rebounder. Um, like Moses was beating him to the ball like continuously the whole night, and and like you know, like that's where you use a guy like this. You know, you don't play him against like a really good team or a really good front court. And like they're playing against Indiana, they have a pretty good front court, Miles Turner and Sabonis. So like I don't know if it'll work again, but hey, they play OKC after that. You know pick your spots with him and, and let him, you know, allow his energy and enthusiasm and hustle to shine through and his mistakes maybe not matter as much, you know, by picking your spots and picking like when to play and who to play against. So like, I don't know if this is like, I I don't think he's going to all of a sudden become a regular part of the rotation, but like, this is, this, these are kind of situations where they could use him and they hadn't, they hadn't yet. So I hope, they kind of do this going forward like when they're playing sure an, an undermatched team and the, and the Mavs are kind of struggling to to get a spark like this is this feels like the perfect situation for him so yeah so like more, more of that it just yeah. matters yeah well so, before yeah. we go I want to give you the option and we don't have to talk about any of this stuff <laughs> we want to talk about the Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban um <laughs> having himself a very henderson day online uh yeah to be honest i thought this game was so kind of meh uh and there were not too many takeaways i honestly thought that might be what we talked about most of the time so i mean i don't know like like, i don't want to you know there's certain things that go online where like people just don't realize that it happens and twitter is an important upstream element to media where lots of things that matter percolate there tweets don't matter for shit but Twitter as a concept is very important. 
And Mark sometimes like just leaves it for a while. And today, Tim Cato of The Athletic wrote a story that resulted in the Mavericks being kind of pissy because he's basically talked about the same thing we've been talking about. Tim's our friend, former editor, basically said, like, look, the advanced data on their shots saying they're taking extremely difficult shots because nobody's getting to the rim, which makes everything else they do more difficult by definition. Okay, it's very hard for people to understand. It's like, oh, we're taking good shots. We're taking open shots. Okay, guys, but if you're not taking anything at the rim and you're only taking jumpers, which is what the Mavericks are doing, everything else becomes more difficult by definition. It's very hard for people to understand this, and I don't entirely understand why. I think it's because Luca broke everyone's brains last year with how good he was from the mid-range. Um, and so... Cuban and Haralba Vulgaris kind of had a back and forth. They're talking as friends. They have to still be friends, but like, let me be like, you should go find the exchange if it still exists. Like Cuban lost the exchange. <laughs> like there was, there was no question. And then from there, Cuban decided to turn his attention towards mad social media and flat out, in my opinion, embarrassed himself. What do you think? I think... I tweeted this earlier. If I were a billionaire and I felt that I was about to become very mad online, (laughs) I would simply take a breath, log off, and go enjoy a quality of life that 99% of the population of this planet can't even begin to imagine. Like, Mm. if I had Mark Cuban's money, instead of arguing on Twitter or having a meltdown, I would be like, why don't we just, like, go to parrot like he could do whatever he why don't i go be rich you know and exist i could go get on a plane right now first class and fly to paris and have like the time of my life or i could go to any city in the world i can go to any restaurant in the city right now like i can like it's just i'm just like man I, i i don't know i just that's the part that bugs me and another part you know that bugs me is like making fun of you know, people for being negative on Twitter. I get that he has millions of followers and obviously our experiences are different, like considerably different, but Twitter has things in place that if you don't want to see the bad stuff, you don't have to see the right. bad stuff. And like to have a meltdown about like people complaining on Twitter and Twitter's also like the platform where he's the most accessible. Uh, like, it's just really weird. Like, I, I see plenty of Mavs fans that exude nothing but positive energy and, mm-hmm. and really want to see this team win and, you know, don't talk much about the bad stuff. I'm not trying to be, like, rude to them. I'm just saying, like, there are plenty of Mavs fans that, like, that intera- I interact with on Twitter that are, that would, you know, don't care about being negative online or don't want to nope. be. And it's not that hard to, to I think, yeah. filter out your social media. I, I make, I've made this case about all three of the major social media. Well, like, I mean, that I use Instagram and Facebook, too. I'm just like, it's entirely possible to make this work for what you want. Yeah. If you think it's awful and nasty, then literally get into the settings and figure out how yeah. to get rid of that. Right. Mute, block, filter. It's all right there. Like, you can filter, like, words and phrases on Twitter, like, that you just never have to see certain topics or words or things again i mean and for people that have massive followings like him i believe there's features like hey you only see mentions from people you follow like you know there's there's things in there so to like to kind of lose it and and kind of call out your fans on twitter who are you know some of your most you know a lot of passionate people 
a lot of passionate people that pay money and, and put money into your team. Uh, a lot of edge, you know, smart that are really into to to the process that is basketball. Like that, you know, that just you know, I just I just don't get get that part of it. And that's like that's the part where like he has to be the the grown up. And I know like you know people on Twitter running their mouths and saying awful things to him. And, and I'm sure he's, you know, maybe people take it too far and send him, you know, death threats or tell him to like, you know, do horrible thing, you know, say horrible things to him. And obviously that crosses a line and, and that shouldn't be encouraged or, or celebrated, but I, I, just to make the blanket statement, you know, just try to be above it all. Don't respond. You know, it, if you don't have anything good to say, maybe just don't say it. And the thing that sucks is that this is a trend because, you know, this is remember when the talks about the Mavericks rebranding uh, coming up and, you know, he made a really catty comment about like, Oh, well only like 30 people on Twitter care about that. And it's just like, like a lot of people care. And like, this is one of the few platforms that you're easily, you can be easily reached and that you interact with a lot, like outside of checking his email. So it's like, well, I mean, I there's Twitter is also like, started careers like it's not this nasty place and i mean it, it can't it be. can be it, but yeah but, but you can avoid it you can yeah so it's it's with all forms of social media and my beef is that it comes down to the basic fact that he does not like criticism he no. is so fucking soft when it comes to this stuff and i get it you know i'm forward facing People get in my mentions and DMs and are occasionally terrible. And it's, it is upsetting, but you got to do what you're talking about, which is walk away. The real challenge for him is that he cannot admit when he is wrong and he doubles and triples down to the detriment of himself and everyone around him. I mean, he is a bold motherfucker to talk about toxicity with the shit that has happened in his organization. Yeah, man. Get out of here with that mess. <laughs> that's terrible and then the whole reason it started was kind of embarrassing too like because he was wrong blaming the ball <laughs> like, well, like quit blaming the ball like the bucks fans <laughs> in my life have been telling me for six months that jason kidd is the blame master general where he just pivots from thing to thing to thing two losses in a row the, he had a different reason for why they lost and it had nothing to do with him either time and then for mark cuban to go on social media when he pays like an army of analytics people and quotes basketball reference as why is why it's like hey this is just something we got to look into like don't clown yourself that way I get it. I've actually wondered about the ball myself, but then I like he starts talking about it. Now I no longer think it's about the ball because again, <laughs> like you know, it's just because it's not. It might matter a little bit, but it's not enough. And for these sorts of conversations to go on in a public sphere, which I'm sure he not, he won't do for like six months, it's just like how is this happening? And I, you know, I want to love the Dallas Mavericks, but I am so absolutely tired of being told that my passion is problematic. He was talking about all this stuff where it's like they don't represent real Mavs fans for life. <laughs> I went to a game the other day in the lower bowl, and there were 40% of the seats not taken on a Friday night. So I don't want to hear about the Mavs fans for life when no one in this town can watch a game with ease and nobody bothers to get to the games on time. There are tons of Mavs fans. There are. 
all sorts of stripes and colors and ways of consuming the game. But the institutional effort from this organization to try to tell people that they have to be a fan a certain way is not going to fly. It's just not. They have 10 years of not doing good enough, and people are getting tired of it. Josh, I talked to people for two hours I know. on my green room I, last night. I was silently listening. I didn't join because I was were on you the... really? I well, because my new thing now is when I'm editing to and, work. And, yeah, well, <laughs> because you can listen on desktop now. So like, I'll pull it up while I'm like editing recaps and stats, and maybe write, you know if I'm writing something. Sure. Uh, but I can't interrupt. Like, I don't know why Spotify has a million. It'll get there. They're they're building towards it. Yeah. So I can't interact. I can't come up on stage, but I can listen. Uh, so I've been. I listened last night. It was, it was nuts. People yeah. are mad. There were a lot of people on that last night. And like people, like the thing that amazes me, and I am still amazed, you guys need to join these. If you're if you're crazy enough to be listening to me and Josh, you're also crazy enough to be joining in the green room. Like we have a great time. They're great jokes, some really funny stuff. I get off on too many tangents, which is whatever. But there were people, like people that go to the games, call me on the way home from the games. <laughs> yeah. It's like, great. this is not an isolated uh, isolated incident this is a movement that they could figure out and i can't you know i'm grateful that they're this petulant about this stuff because otherwise we wouldn't exist yeah you know and it's okay like i i want to be super fans of this team too i want to lean in it's just don't constantly talk about how i meaning me the fan not kirk henderson but hell, Kirk Henderson too, with the way some of the shit that goes on with the way, you know, who who talks about me on a radio, like on a on a radio broadcast? How weird. Like I'm the guy from Virginia. It's dumb. Yeah. And it's just, it's it's like, guys, like grow up a little bit. Let us be children online and be above us, right? Yeah, I agree. Completely agree. Um... That said, I want to say this to everybody. Stop harassing Dallas Mavs social media. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not there's... cool. There's a line. It's not that person's fault. Yeah, you know, there's a line to cross. Don't cross it. Uh, yes. You know. Sass and, is one thing, but like harassment, where it's just like you know constantly tweeting. It's like you know bad tweets. I dunk on too, and people dunk on mine. I, I had an exchange with somebody the other day. Anyways, so uh, I'm gonna. Uh, we got some editing to do. We got some writing to I do. I want to. I want to say one more thing before we go because I know we're wrapping up. The the thing about the ball, and I want to just get this off my chest, so I won't talk about it anymore. <laughs> I'm. I'm just so annoyed at how much the ball has been a narrative because me and you have been around long enough to remember when the NBA last tried to do this and they last tried to replace the ball. I'm sure you remember. It was, it was over like, pretty quick. It, that experiment was, went away. Yeah. And it was like a synthetic plastic ball. Like it was miserable. Guys were getting like cuts on their fingers and blisters. Like mm-hmm. it was actively detrimental and they immediately switched it. I'm not hearing the same outcry with this ball because it's a it's a fucking basketball leather basketball like it's still about it's like yeah I understand that it's different but it's not a completely made out of a different com- material that it should be so different that it causes this huge issue where shooting is just down and like if it was such a big deal there would be way more stink about it because we were there in 2006 or whatever it was and there was a huge stink about it and this was before social media was super huge and twitter was huge like it like was it in, percolated that much it was in every story it was talked about on inside the nba after games like guys hated it they said it in the locker room after every game 
it, that's not happening here. It's still a leather basketball. It's just made by a different company. And yeah, it's a little different, but these guys are professional athletes that shoot thousands of shots during practices and games. And I didn't hear a thing about this ball being an issue in the preseason. Like I get that it probably has some impact, but like the idea that this is like more than like, a, a, you know, just an, an, a, just a, a note, you know, in, in, in the annals of this season is just, that's just mind boggling excuse making to me. Like that's crazy. Like there's but so many the other things that can, what yeah. it does is it's what it does is it serves to take away from their problems. And I don't like using this term lightly, but the more I look back and I like Andy Tobolowski wrote a really good piece for us today. That's on the site. A lot of people read it really impressed for that kind of off day readership, to be honest. And I, the Mavericks organization is really good at gaslighting fans. They're really good at saying the thing that happened did not happen. And it makes me, it makes me angry and I'm kind of tired of it. I'm very tired of it. Yeah. You know, the, the problems with the Mavericks, the ball might play a part. Luca's weight might play a part. It is not the problem focus on the other things that are within their control they just they have to do better exactly and, and, yeah yeah and I maybe mean, they will maybe they won't i would love it if they did yeah. better yeah i mean what and another note before we leave is i know that some people like to think that we're like rooting for them to lose and we enjoy it when they lose more and f- Leaving aside the fact that the idea of dedicating as much time of my life to watching losing, like to hope that I'm watching losing basketball, like that's an insane thought just on its own. But like also from like a business, like just going to, you know, from a business sense, the Mavericks winning is much better for our site. Like if they lose, no one comes to the site. No one listens to the the We had the second biggest November for Mavs Moneyball podcast that we've ever had. And it's because they were winning games. This December, we're going to lose. We're on pace to lose that mark by like we're only going to hit maybe sixty five percent. Yeah, like no one came to the site when those three years before Luke, you know, the That's two right. years before Luca, and then Luca's you know rookie year obviously had a, had a had a you know a, a perk, but like no one comes to our site if they're a losing team. So That's I don't right. want them to be a losing team because no. I would like us to still. I mean, it's not, we don't get paid a lot, but we, I would like it to still remain because then otherwise it's like, Oh my God, what am I doing with my life? So uh, yeah, I just wanted to dispel that before we left. So. <laughs> Mavs PR tweeted that Mavericks came back from a double digit deficit to win for the seventh time this season, which already matches the team's total from all of last season. That's like what a, a what a cell phone. Because <laughs> most of their wins are against teams under five hundred. So, oh god, yeah. they're just they're just silent. They're just uh, a sideshow Bob in a field of rakes. Yeah, my favorite well, thing. Yeah, I know that, but you know, Indiana, which is struggling, Oklahoma Ooh. City, which is bad. So, like, hey, there could be there could be some good good feelings, or at least a step in the right direction in the next week. Well, let's lean into that because that'd be nice. Guys, this has been Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow. Uh coming. Please come to the site, visit all of our stuff. I will be posting a green room sometime on Thursday afternoon. We will catch you guys again Friday. This has been fun. Uh, and we will talk to you soon.